Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand, just the sheep of His hand. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we ask that you indeed make this a a sweet time of worship and of prayer that we might unite our hearts together, even as the word is proclaimed, that we might unite our hearts in prayer unto you and, and Lord, that we might draw closer to you. Lord, we thank you that by prayer, we can have an intimate relationship with you. What a privilege is ours. And Lord, we we take that privilege for granted, and uh, we ask that you would forgive us of that. Guide now the reading and the proclamation of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) Excuse me. We're looking at uh, spiritual gifts or spiritual disciplines, I should say, not spiritual gifts. And there are many ways to categorize spiritual disciplines. Richard Foster, for example, uh, divides the disciplines into inward, outward, and corporate. Uh, Inward are practiced in the privacy of our intimate walk with Jesus. Outward disciplines impact how you and I interact with the world. Corporate disciplines are are disciplines we use when we're here gathered together. Obviously, there's a degree of overlap in any of the disciplines, uh, and there's an overlap in any categorizing of those disciplines. Prayer, for example, can be a very private matter as you are one-on-one, you and God. Prayer can also be outward if you're praying for someone who is sick. Uh, Prayer can also be outward if you're praying with someone and you're leading them to Christ. Prayer can also obviously be corporate as we gather here together uh, to pray. In this sermon series, I want to focus on two inward disciplines, uh, two outward disciplines, and one corporate discipline. Last week, Bible reading. This week, prayer. And then we'll look at two uh, outward disciplines Uh, of service and witnessing on January the 16th and 23rd. And then finally, on January 30th, we'll continue uh, and conclude with a corporate discipline of the discipline of worship. And then hopefully, uh, details to be uh, ironed out yet, but hopefully we'll have an opportunity for for an extra praise and worship service uh, in the month of of February or March. just a unique opportunity for us to worship and to, and to praise the Lord, but more to come uh, on that. Probably on a Sunday evening is the plan 
right now. But today, we want to talk about prayer. Today, prayer. And I just want to read a few verses to begin with, and then I'll share some additional scriptures uh, as we move along. First, from John 6, verses 5 to 8. Jesus said, and when you pray, and notice what he said, and when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. It's assume you're going to pray. And when you pray. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, there's that word when again, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Oh, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And then Jesus goes on to give us, of course, the Lord's Prayer. But if you will turn to uh, Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Clearly, beloved, the Bible calls us to pray. We could have gone on with text after text after text that reminds us to be people of prayer. Perhaps you've heard this story. Perhaps uh, even I have uh, told this story. That's one of the dangers of uh, rather long-term pastorships is that we sometimes forget the illustrations that we've used along the way. I try to keep a list so I don't forget, but... Perhaps you've heard this one before. Uh, Anyway, one Sunday, a young fellow was acting up during worship. The parents did their best to maintain him there in the pew, but they were quickly losing the battle. Finally, the father picked up the little boy, and, and he walked sternly down the center aisle. And when he just about got to the safety of the door, though, the boy looked back and yelled, Pray for me and call Grandma. That seems to be one of our views of prayer sometimes, folks. We use it as a safety net, or we use it as a life preserver, or we turn to God as if He's a cosmic grandpa or grandma. Help me, save me. We toss out our prayers when we are desperate. And as far as I can tell from Scripture, prayers of desperation have their place. They do. Read the Psalms and you will find that King David clearly cries out to God. One of the things I love about the Psalms is is David gives us his emotions there. Uh, the, The Psalm I shared this past week in the devotion, Psalm 69, David is crying out to God. He says, I've been crying out so long that my tongue is parched and I'm weary from crying out. 
clearly crying out to the Lord is okay. It's good. It's good to bring our requests to the Lord. That's a part of prayer. But prayer is so much more. It's so much more. I believe prayer should first of all be an expression of praise for who God is and all God has done for us. When Jesus taught His 12 disciples and every disciple since then to pray, He taught them, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is centered in our desire to praise God and to give Him all the glory. Before we rush into asking, prayer should recognize and realize the majesty and the glory and the grace of God. Prayer is primarily about intimacy with God. It's about having a relationship with God. Our greatest need, folks, is, is not to, to get more stuff from God. Our greatest need is to know God better. Look at Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8 again. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You know, I don't know what, what all the, the Gentiles were saying. I, I don't know what all these empty and many words were. But I can't help but wonder if they weren't heaping up request upon request upon request upon request. Folks, God already knows what you need. I mean, it is not like God is sitting up there in heaven with an iPod in hand, iPad in hand, making a list. He's not sitting up there going, well, thank you very much, Danny, for reminding me of that. I didn't know that until you did. And now that you've reminded me, Danny, I'll get right on top of that. Look, I'm not belittling bringing requests to God. No request is too big or too small to bring before God if it's in accordance with His will. I bring God requests every day. And I want to bring more of my life to Him. I feel like I should bring more to Him to, to trust Him more for His provision and His blessing and His grace and His will. My point is, let's not always begin there. And certainly, let's not always end there. Sometimes we begin and end with nothing more than our requests of God. Let's not let that be the only communication we have during our day with God. And when we bring requests to God, I believe we should always keep in mind something that, that David Platt said in a sermon a few years ago. Prayer is an expression of the depth of our need for God. Prayer is an expression of the depth of our need for God. Our requests when we're in trouble express our need for God. But every prayer, every prayer should be an expression of our need for God. 
You know, when we only come to God when we're desperate, it's as if we're saying to God, hey God, you know, I can handle my, my stuff most of the time. I, I just need you for the heavy lifting. Would you help me with that? We need to pray without ceasing in large part to remind us that we're in desperate need of God every moment of our lives. Beloved, we can't even breathe without God. Yes, I know the science behind breathing. And I know most of the time you breathe without even thinking about it. It's automatic. But the breath in your lungs is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. You and I are desperately in need of God every day. Psalm 104 speaks of the creatures God has made and declares, beginning in verse 29, when you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. God gives breath. God takes breath away. And that is why the psalmist concludes verse 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. The psalmist here is saying that all praise, all prayer should be an expression of praise to God. If for no other reason than because we realize how desperately we need Him. And so as long as we live, as long as He gives us breath, we, de we declare, I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise. David Platt also reminds us that prayer is participating with God to accomplish His purposes. Think about that. We have the privilege in prayer to come alongside God. In prayer, we have the privilege to come alongside God and see Him accomplish in and, and through us things that we'll never accomplish on our own. We don't have time this morning, but you can trace every great movement of the church back to a, a phenomenal season of prayer. Every great movement of the church. Before that, there was a strong and powerful season of prayer. So how do we pray? Now, what does prayer look like? There are tons of great books out there on prayer. Sermon upon sermon has been proclaimed about prayer. I, I don't even know how many I've proclaimed uh, in uh, 27 years of ministry. If you struggle with what to include in prayer, uh, nearly 45 years ago now, a fellow by the name of Dick Eastman wrote this great little book titled, The Hour That Changes the World, A Practical Plan for Personal Prayer. It's available for $4.99 on Amazon right now. I'm not advertising, but I'm just saying. I plan to read it this year myself for personal growth, The Hour That Changes the World. It's actually 12 different steps. If you do each one for five minutes, you've prayed for an hour. The time doesn't matter. Uh, it's, a, it's about the discipline uh, of prayer. You may only do a minute for each step, but you're praying. 
Bill Bright has written a wonderful book on the handbook for Christian maturity. It has a lot of practical guidance. But I wanted to share just a few insights this morning. Uh, One is daily spend some time praising God. Daily spend some time praising God. And here we want to focus uh, on praising God for His attributes. We'll talk in just a minute about praising God for what He does. That's really called thanksgiving. But here we want to think about God's attributes. What we want to do here is we want to praise God each day for things like being holy. Praise Him for His majesty. Praise Him for His grace and mercy and love. Praise Him for being all-knowing. Praise Him for being all-present and all-powerful. In short, what we want to do in praise each day is to praise God for being God. We want to praise God for being God. If you struggle how to to praise God, I'd urge you to turn to the Psalms. The, The Psalms over and over again give us the attributes of God, and you can pray those words back to God. I'll say more about that in a moment. Another important item in our prayer daily that, that I think we probably don't do enough of, folks, is confession. In any relationship, if we have offended another person, we have a calling to make things right with them. We need to clear the air. Confession is clearing the air with God. Confession is going before God and it's, it's admitting to God, look God, I know I have offended you. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And then I want to speak to you, God, about about my commitment to do better. I want to repent. I want to walk with you more closely. You see, confession is not only admitting our guilt, it's agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God that we've sinned and agreeing with God that we need His mercy, we need His grace, we need His love, we need His forgiveness. And the beautiful truth is, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He forgives us. And then, and I've already alluded to this one, one of the things I believe we need to do more of is is what I would call read the Word, pray the Word. Read God's Word. Pray God's Word. This means taking some time to slowly read a passage of Scripture. And then maybe just focusing in on a verse or two. And praying the words of that verse back to God. Perhaps as you pray it back to God, you would insert the word I or me. And let God's Word form your prayer. For example, we have Deuteronomy uh, 31.8 here. It is the Lord who who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So if I read that, I might would pray, Lord, thank you that you lead my way. Thank you that you've always gone before me. 
Lord, thank you that you're with me. Even when I don't always feel it, you're with me. Lord, Lord, it's so good to know that you'll never leave me. That others might, but you never will. And Lord, I'm, I'm going to rest on that promise today. And I'm going to try, God, if you'll help me to not be fearful today. Would you keep me from fear? It's just a simple way. Putting the words of Scripture in your own words and praying them back. Again, the Psalms are wonderful for that. You know, don't try Psalm 119 with, what, 170-some verses or whatever. If you do, break it down to a segment at a time, which that is a great one because it's broken into about five verses at a time. And, and pray that back to the Lord. Read the Word. Pray the Word. It can be really powerful. And then prayer should include what we call intercession and petition. Uh, intercession is where, uh, or as, it, as we read, prayer and supplication. That's another way uh, to say it. But intercession is where you pray for others, where you just lift up the needs of the other people around you. It's where you may have your prayer list and you pray for those folks. And then petition is where you pray for yourself and your personal needs. That's the distinction between those two. But they're all prayer for yourself and for others. When you, I'm not going to say a lot about that because, as I said, we do that one pretty well. But when you lift up those prayers, I want you to think about, I'd urge you to think about, that what you're doing is you're declaring, Lord, I'm completely dependent upon you. I am trusting in you for all these needs. I can't handle these on my own. I'm dependent on you. Somebody's having fun. <laughs> Another element of prayer is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances. Again, it differs from praise in that here what we're doing is in praise, we're thanking God for who He is. In thanksgiving, though it's similar, we're thanking God for what He's done. And you can do it at the beginning and the end. I'm just saying you need some thanksgiving uh, in your prayer life. Here's, here we're thanking Him for salvation and for health. We're thanking Him for forgiving us and giving us strength. We're thanking Him for the provision of our home and income, for food, for our occupation. We're thanking Him for our family and for our church and for our friends and for our school. Uh, and we get specific here with thanksgiving. If you get a promotion or a raise, we're, we're thanking God for it all the time. If your day at work was pretty good, Nobody yelled at you too much. There weren't, weren't any major issues. Well, you thank God for it. And if it was a tough day, well, you, you thank God anyway for giving you the day. And you ask Him, maybe tomorrow will be a better day. If you pass your algebra test, even if it was just barely, thank God for it. 
Thank God for it. I think God wants to hear us get specific about the things we want to, 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 to just be thankful for. I, I think He wants to hear us thank Him for things that are grand and things that are small. I've heard, uh, we had a pastor preach a, for a community uh, service, and he was running really late for some reason. And, and he thanked God, because for, for some reason all the lights turned green as he went through the, through the town, and he barely made it on time. So his first prayer when he arrived that night was, Lord, thank you for green lights. Uh, but thank God for the little things uh, in life, as well as the big things. Well, that's probably enough to add to your prayers for one day. Uh, but I would also remind you to, if there's anything else I'd add at this point, it's to listen, to listen to God. I think that's a critical part of prayer, to not always be the one talking, but to stop for a few minutes and to listen. Uh, and, and that's a time that you ask God, and then you listen Lord, what are you saying to me through these scriptures I've been reading? What do you want me to hear here? Lord, how would you have me respond? I mean, I, I'm praying that you would forgive Joe for the way he offended me, but what do you want me to do about it? How should I respond? Is there someone I need to reach? You, you told me this morning about, I read a passage again about just turning to you that, that for God so loved the world, for example. Well, who's that person in the world you want me to reach out to? And then listen. See how God nudges you and speaks to you. Well, folks, in a series like this, I, I'm just scratching the surface. I'm hoping at the beginning of this year just to remind us to enter into these disciplines, to make 2022 a special year that we're disciplined people. If you're like me, you just need reminders and encouragement uh, to pray. Though I pray with people and alone, though I lift up intercessions and petitions, though I, I seek to praise God and thank God, though I confess my sin, though I read and pray God's Word, I never consider myself, ever have I considered myself a prayer warrior. So I need reminders. I need encouragement. I need to be reminded to keep going back to God uh, with thanks and with praise and with confession and so forth and so on. I pray this is a year that we all grow in prayer. I just get the sense, church, and I don't know where you're at, but I get the sense that Stuart Presbyterian is on the cusp of something new. That, that Stuart Presbyterian is on the edge of something bold. That, that Stuart Presbyterian is on the edge of something that we haven't even imagined. But here's what I know. We're not going to realize it if we're not people of prayer. We're not going to realize it if we're not people of prayer. So let's join together. Let's join together and be people of prayer. And let's expect and look for what the Lord's going to do in our midst this year. I, I, I just believe it. I, I don't know what it is yet. 
but I sense God's got something in store for us in 2022 uh, as we come out of these long couple years we've been in. Uh, that God's got something big and grand and marvelous. And it may not be big. Maybe it's little. I don't know. But I know he's got something new for us. Okay. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, I'm not entirely sure what you are wanting to do in and through us this year. Maybe it's, it is more praise and worship. Maybe it's an, an incredible outpouring of your healing. Maybe this is a year when we as a congregation go deeper with you than we've ever gone before. Maybe, maybe this is a year that you you take a hold of us in our homes and, and you shake us to the core and you, and you say, I want more of you, Danny. And you say that to each of us. Maybe, Lord, maybe it's a great evangelistic movement, a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, whatever it is, I know these things will not happen unless we pray. So Lord, make us people of prayer. Encourage us. Exhort each one of us to set aside time of prayer. Remind us to, to not just bring our intercessions and petitions though we do bring them and we bring them for healing for, for many that we've named today. But Lord, may we also bring before you praise and thanksgiving and confession. We praise you now for you are holy, for you are wonderful, for you are good, for you are loving, you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing. Lord, you are present everywhere, and we praise you, and we thank you. Lord, most of us listening today woke up in a home that's comfortable. We, we got into a, a car that's adequate. We came to a church where there's heat and where there's light. We had breakfast perhaps before we left, and we'll have lunch and supper today. And Lord, we just fail sometimes to thank you for those things. Oh God, we're grateful. We're grateful. So Lord, may this be a year that you just draw us to your word and you stir in us a deep desire to pray your word. And then Lord, Give us listening ears and hearts willing to respond and to do your will. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.